ഫുസിനാമാലിന ഹബീബനീബനുഹമ്മദനുഹമ്മദനുഹമ ഫിത്രസലാം ഹബീബുൽ 
والحمد لله رب العالمين. My respected elders and brothers, in one beautiful hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, Hazrat Nabiya Karim sallallahu alaihi wasallam mentions on the authority of Hazrat Aisha Siddiqa radhiyallahu taala anha, where she says once Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam explained to us one hadith. And in this hadith, he explained Asharun min al-fitrah. There are ten things, ten things which are from the sunnats of all the Anbiya alayhim salam of the past. So this ten things which is mentioned in this hadith is the sunnat of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And not only the sunnat of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, but the sunnat of all the Anbiya alayhim salam from Hazrat Adam alayhi salam right until Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, every single Nabi of Allah ta'ala practiced on these 10 things. So any person who makes amal on these 10 things and practices on these 10 things, then this person is actually practicing on the sunnah of all Anbiya alayhi wa sallam. Allah give us tawfiq inshallah. Allah give us tawfiq to make amal normally in a month of Rabiul Awal. Then we think about the Mubarak sunnahs of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and how we should try and bring it into our lives. In this particular hadith is speaking about 10 very simple, very easy sunnats which every Muslim can make amal on. And also furthermore, it's a sunnat of all the Anbiya salatu was salam. And a person will get great amount of sawab and reward for practicing on these 10 sunnats. So Hazrat Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha, she explains and she says that Hazrat Nabiya Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam when explaining this, he, he said that from these 10 things which are, which is from fitrat, the first thing, that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam explained is qassu sharib A person, he removes his moustache, he trims his moustache. The second one is i'fa'u lihya And he grows his beard. So in this hadith, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is explaining that a person shouldn't keep a big bushy moustache. He should trim his moustache. And preferably once a week on a Friday, before the Jummah salah, a person, he removes his moustache, he trims his moustache. It is permissible for a person to keep a moustache, provided it's not a big bushy moustache. So a person trims the moustache. And the second thing that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam speaks about is that a person, he grows his beard. He grows his dari, he grows his beard. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam explains that this is from the sunnah of all the Anbiya alayhi wa salatu wa salam. Every Nabi of Allah ta'ala practiced upon this. On one occasion, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was in Medina Munawwara. And there were two messengers that came from Kisra, from Persia. And these two messengers, when they came to Medina Munawwara, they came in a condition where they had big bushy moustaches and their beards were completely shaven off. So when Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam saw them, Hazrat Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam turned his Mubarak face away from them and he explained that where did you learn to do such a thing that you are removing, you are keeping big bushy moustaches and you are shaving off your beards. So Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, when he asked him this question, they replied, they said, our Rab who is Kisra, the, pres the, the Persian emperor, he has taught us to keep big moustaches and to remove our beards. When Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa heard this, he said, my Rab who is Allah, my Rab who is Allah has taught me that I must remove the moustache and I must grow the beard. So this was something that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa encouraged that every person should have this niyat that inshallah, one day I'll try and keep my full sunnah beard, inshallah. Hazrat Khaja Azizul Hassan Madzub rahmatullah alayhi was one of the very senior khulafa of Hazrat Mawlana Shaf Ali Thanwi rahmatullah alayhi. One day somebody asked him that Khaja Sahab, Hazrat Khaja Sahab was a judge in the time of the British. He was a judge in the time of the British and in that time he used to keep a sunnah beard. He will wear an amama, he will wear his kurta and he will go to the court. And the viceroy when he came to India, and all the judges were sitting there. He left everyone and he walked straight to Khaja Sahib and he greeted him. So the other judges, Muslim judges who were dressed up, 
with suit, boot, like how the West will dress. They were surprised that you left all of us and you greeted him. He said, I greeted this man because he got values. He got values for his deen. Although he's a judge, but he hasn't left the sunnah of his Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So somebody asked us, Khaja sahab rahmatullahi that if on the day of Qiyamah Allah wa ta'ala is to ask you, what did you bring and come? What did you bring and come? Khaja sahab thought for a moment and he said, I'll just hold my diary, I'll hold my beard and I say, I'll say to Allah ta'ala, Ya Allah, I brought the sunnah of your Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allah give us the tawfiq inshallah. A few, few weeks ago in a maktab, busy teaching the children how to make wudu, how to make wudu, practical wudu. So in this year, one of the, one of the children, they were busy explaining the wudu. So after washing the face, after washing his face, so he made khilal of his beard. This is a sunnah of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. In wudu, you'll take water and you'll put in your beard. So obviously he's a little child, he got no beard. So he made the khilal and all the other children started laughing in the class. All the children started laughing because he got no beard. So he just stood up and he said, Mawlana, I don't have a beard now, but inshallah when I become a man, one day I'll keep a beard. I'll keep, this is a jazbah we should have, this is a sneer we should keep, inshallah. But no matter what it is, one friend of mine, he was studying in Marlboro in a maktab by Mawlana Yunus Daya Sabrahmatullah And in a maktab after he finished, he went into high school, he left madrasa. And then when he was in his metric years, it happens sometimes when a person in his youth, then sometimes we go a little bit off, we go off the path. In Arabic they say, Ash-shababu shu'batu min al-junoon. In, in Urdu they say, Jawani diwani. First when he becomes a youth, he becomes a youngster, then goes a little bit off track. Sometimes he'll keep like a punk hairstyle and he'll tint it in a few different colors, take off his beard, etc. So he says, uh, I was in my metric here, clean shaven completely, and I suddenly, uh, one day I met my Ustad, Mona Yunusab. He says, when I greeted him, Mona just looked at me and asked me, Muhammad, what happened to your beard? He said, I had no face to look at my Ustad, he said, uh, so he said, he told me one thing that day. He told me, Muhammad, remember, remember you, you're taking your beard out. But the person who takes his beard out every minute of the day and the night, every minute of the day and the night is getting credited with guna and sin. So you're sleeping also, you're getting guna. You're in the masjid also, you're getting guna because you take. But that person who keeps his beard, that person who keeps his beard every minute of the day and the night is getting sawab and reward for it. Every minute of the day, he's in the toilet also, he's getting sawab for his beard that he got. So Allah give us the tawfiq, inshallah, that we try and make this near one day, inshallah, one friend of mine, I met him. He said, you know, Mala, I want to keep my beard. My wife doesn't like it. My wife don't like it. Just keep your near and ask Allah, Ta'ala. one day Allah give tawfiq, soften our heart also. And inshallah we keep the sunnah beard. Allah give us all tawfiq. So this is the first two sunnahs which Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is speaking about. Qassu sharib, i'afa'ul lihya. The person grows his beard. The third sunnah and the fourth sunnah which is mentioned in this hadith is al-madhmadah, to gargle the mouth. The person he gargles the mouth. Well, istin shaq, and to put water into the nostrils and to clean the nose. So here we know that in wudu, and this is a sunnah of wudu, that a person will gargle his mouth and he'll clean his nostrils. In, in ghusl, this is faras. In ghusl, this is faras, a person has to gargle his mouth and put water into his nostrils, clean his nose. In ghusl, it's faras. In wudu, it's sunnah. And so beautiful is the teachings of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam that in this particular hadith, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam is teaching us to gargle the mouth. And when a person makes wudu, then he'll gargle his mouth twice. But the third time, he'll put his head backwards and he'll gargle thoroughly what in Urdu is called gargara. He'll make, the third time he makes, so that whatever dirt is remaining at the bottom of the throat, that is also cleaned out. And it's such a beautiful, a beautiful sunnah of Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa to that fine detail. You know, if we just, we just only admire the teachings of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa A few years ago in, in December month, we were gone in Jamaat to Cape Town. So at the Shab Guzari, Maulana Muhammad Jina Saab from Kimberley was giving the bayan. So Maulana was just explaining, he's saying during the COVID period, 
One masjid he went to on the outside of the masjid, there was a sign that said eight different steps of washing the hands, eight steps of how you scrub your hands this way, that way, and this way, this way, this way. So he said he was reading that sign on the masjid board, and he said he thought to himself for a while, he said, do you even have to teach a Muslim about washing hands? He says, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa has taught us, when you wake up in the morning, the first thing you do is you wash your hands. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa taught us that when you make wudu, then before you start your wudu, three times you're washing your hands. Three times you wash your hands before you start your wudu. Then when you're making wudu and you're washing your arms, you're washing your hands again. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa taught us when you go to the toilet and you come out of the toilet, the first thing you do is you wash your hands. A kafir hasn't even learned this as yet. He still hasn't even learned this that when he comes out of the toilet, he must wash his hands. Yes, this Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa taught us 1400 years ago. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa taught us before eating, before eating, wash your hands, don't wipe. After eating, wash your hands, wipe it. Look at the detail in the teachings of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We can only admire and read durood over and over again upon Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Before eating, wash your hands, don't wipe it. After eating, wash your hands, now wipe it. So beautiful the teachings of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Here too, such a beautiful sunnah. When Ali was just mentioning, he's saying that this great sunnah of washing hands before eating is slowly coming out of our lives. He said, our parents, grandparents, they taught us that before eating, wash your hands first. Wash your hands and then sit down to eat. See, nowadays the children are sitting down to eat, never wash their hands and they're sitting down. Let's try and also introduce this sunnah of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, washing hands before eating. So the first sunnah was uh, removing the moustache, keeping the beard, gargling the mouth, cleaning the nostrils. The fifth sunnah, which is ashar from the, from the sunnah of all the Anbiya alayhi salatu wa salam, is the usage of the miswak. The usage of the miswak where every Nabi of Allah Ta'ala, right until Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, every Nabi of Allah Ta'ala used the miswak. Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentions in one hadith, he says, As-siwaku mitharatun lil-fami mardatun lil-rabbi. That that person who uses the miswak, it will be a means of cleaning his mouth, and it will be a means of making Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala happy. Which Muslim doesn't want to please Allah? And which Muslim doesn't want the happiness and the pleasure of Allah? And here an easy way for us to earn the pleasure of Allah is to use a miswak. Every Muslim should try his best that he keeps two miswaks with him. One miswak with him in his pocket. So at any time if he needs to make wudu, he's got his miswak, he can use it. And the other miswak at the place where he makes wudu at home. At the place, so at the time of wudu, immediately the miswak is available. And here he is making miswak. Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentions that that person who makes miswak at the time of wudu, and then he reads salah. That Muslim who makes miswak at the time of wudu, and then he reads salah. Allah Ta'ala multiplies the reward of his salah by 70. 70 times more reward as compared to a person who never used the miswak. Now, now we can imagine if it's end of the month and the boss has to call us, and it's time for payment. And he gives us two wage packets. In one packet, there's 1,000 rand. In one packet, there's 70,000 rand. And he's saying, it's of your choice. You take which one you want. Which one we're going to take? We'll grab the 70,000 rand because we know the value of rands and cents is in our hearts. The value of rands and cents is in our hearts. Wallahi, if the value of sawab was in our hearts, not one namaz of ours will go without making miswak and reading. Because we know how valuable the miswak is and how much of sawab Allah ta'ala gives. And miswak is not only for men, it's for men, it's for women, it's for children, it's for everybody. We must introduce it in our homes that everybody must use the miswak. Ulama kiram say that that person who is particular about using the miswak, that person who is particular about using the miswak, 
Allah Ta'ala will make it such for him at the time of his mort, the kalima will come out of his lips. The kalima will come out of his tongue because of him using the miswak. So many benefits, so many benefits of using the miswak that no person, if he, if he knows the benefits of it, will leave out using the miswak. Allah again, Allah Ta'ala give us the tawfiq that we use. Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam has mentioned, he says, that Hazrat Jibreel salam used to come so much to me and insist and insist and insist that I must use the miswak. I must. He says a time came when I thought now this thing is going to become faraz on my ummah. I think this thing is going to become faraz on my ummah. So much he's insisting that must use the miswak all the time. I was just thinking now any time is going to become faraz on my ummah to use this. Hazrat Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha, she says, that the very last amal of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa the very last amal of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa before he passed away, the very last action of his before he passed away was the using of the miswak. He said he was in, on his deathbed about to pass away and he asked me, Aisha, get for me one miswak. I said, Aisha radiallahu anha says, I got it from my brother Abdurrahman. He brought the miswak. She said, I softened it with my mouth, with my teeth and I gave it to Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa made the miswak and shortly afterwards he he, he passed away. Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam passed away. This was his last amal. She said, before he used to enter the house, before he used to enter the house, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa will make miswak. He'll make miswak and then he'll enter the house. We can never ever imagine, never ever imagine that a smell ever came out of the Mubarak mouth of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Never ever. It, only a fragrance will be coming out. But this was talim and lil ummah to teach us his ummah. That before you enter the house, you wake up in the morning, before sleeping, after eating, make the miswak, keep your mouth clean, keep your teeth clean. This was lessons that were taught. Many a times you'll find if there's a marital problem, sometimes in the jamiyat or something, you'll find there's a marital problem and the, the wife has to write out her points, what's her issue she has. Many a times you'll find this point here will come out. Tell my husband he must get his breath sorted out. He must get his breath sorted out, mouth is smelling. And here Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam teaches us, before you enter the house, make a miswak. You wake up in the morning, make miswak. So a person is practicing. Again, this is the sunnah of all the Anbiya alayhi salatu wassalam from Hazrat Adam alayhi salam right until Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allah give us tawfiq again. Miswaks are so easily available. We should all try and obtain it. Malana Jamshed sahab, rahmatullah alayhi, was one of the senior akabir of Raiwin in a markaz. Hazrat Malana Jamshed sahab, he says that once, how I got attached to this work of Dawat and Tabligh, this Jamaat work, how I got attached to it was, he says one day I was in one masjid and I was busy making mutala, studying my kitabs. He says about one hour before Asar Namaz, there was one Jamaat from Mewat that was there in the masjid. And he says there was one Sati in the Jamaat, he's walking up and down outside the masjid, inside the masjid, upstairs, downstairs, this side is walking. See, I thought maybe this man lost his wallet or something, he lost his money. Perhaps he said, I just asked him, Hadisab, you okay? He's saying, gee, I'm okay, but said, what's wrong? You're looking for something. He said, I can't find my miswak. There's one hour left for Asar. How am I going to make my wuzu and read my namaz? I don't have my miswak. He said, I got a shock of my life. This man is a normal person. He's not a hafiz. He's not a alim. But he got so much fikr for sunnah. How he's going to read his Asar namaz without his miswak? He says, me, I'm a malana. I studied all the kitabs. But that ihtimam of sunnah, I haven't got. He says, that's when I realized the barakat of this work of Dawat and Tabligh. So much of barakat in it will bring me closer to Allah. It will bring me closer to the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So the fifth sunnah that... That, that is mentioned in this hadith, Asharu min al-fitra, is the usage of the miswak. The sixth sunnah that Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentioned, the sixth sunnah that is mentioned by Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is qalmul asfar, to trim the finger and toenails. That a person once a week, 
a person should trim his nails. Again here on a Friday before the Jummah Salah, any time from Thursday night till Friday before the Jummah Salah is a sunnah time to cut a person's nails. So a person trims his nails, keeps his nails short. Here again, we learn that a person who keeps long nails, dirt collects under his nails. If he's eating food, those germs go into his system also. So a person, he tries to keep his nails short. He doesn't keep long nails. Nowadays, it's become a trend with many women who keep long, long nails, long nails. A person who keeps his nails for more than 40 days without trimming it is sinful. A person becomes gunegari, becomes sinful for keeping long nails. So here a person trims his nails, fingernails, toenails, a person keeps it nice and short. And one more thing Rasulullah sallallahu taught us with regards to the nails and hair is that a person doesn't take it and throw it in a bin. Person's nails, you don't take it, throw it in a bin, or you don't throw it in a drain, you don't throw it, flush it in the toilet, because this is part of a person's body, it's part of our bodies. And when it's part of the body, when a person passes away, you bury him in the ground. So, like that, a person when he dies, you don't take him and throw him in a bin or throw him in a toilet, you flush, it buries him in, in the ground. Similarly, this must be buried into the ground. So, again, the ulama teacher, sometimes a person is maybe living in a flat. There's no uh, ground anywhere where he can go every week and bury it. So he should have one container and everybody keeps it inside the container. Every three, four months when he gets a chance, he goes and buries it. Again, yeah, we're making amal on the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So that was the sixth sunnah. The seventh and the eighth sunnah. The seventh and the eighth sunnah, which was the sunnah of all Salam, is to remove the hairs from under the arms and around the private areas. To remove the hair from around the private areas under the arms. Here too, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa has taught us that a person shouldn't keep long, long hair under his armpits or around his private areas. But rather this should be trimmed, it should be kept short, should be removed. And here again, if 40 days passes and a person hasn't removed that hair, person becomes sinful for this. So this has, be, has to be taught. It has to be taught to our children, grandchildren. It has to be taught that a person must be clean and park in this regard. He's cleaning himself. He's not allowing long, long hair to grow under his arm. Sometimes you'll find Kafir is speaking on a Muslim's beard. You say, hey, you're keeping your beard here and this thing is so dirty. But he doesn't realize a Muslim, he washes his beard five times a day before he, makes, before he reads his namaz in his wuzu, he's washing his beard. But something under the arms, they, they're keeping two, three first lengths of beards under the arms. That's not removed. That's so dirty. And that's what causes a stench in a person's body is when a person doesn't remove his hair under his arms. So this also regularly on a Friday, either once a week or once in two weeks, a person is shaving it off, he's removing it. So that, that is also kept clean. Sometimes, unfortunately, even Muslims are not removing that hair. Sometimes when you're doing the ghusal of a mayat, you know, ghusal of a mayat, unfortunately, you find... The person hasn't removed the hair for maybe many, many months. And that is kept in that condition. So this is incorrect. A person must remove this hair. This must be removed from under the armpits, around the private areas. Regularly, this must be kept clean. The ninth sunnah that is mentioned in this hadith by Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is ghaslul barajim. That a person takes ghusl regularly. Ghusl. And on a Friday, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has encouraged every ummati that it is sunnah to have a ghusl on a Friday. Before coming for the Jummah Salah, in the time of Nabiya Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, this was compulsory, it was for us. It was for us, for the, for the ummah to have a bath on a Friday and come. Masjid al-Nabawi, ala sahibiha salatu wa taslim, was a very simple structure with a very low roof, hardly any windows, not much ventilation. People coming from the villages, they would come from far, far distances, many of them working in the, in the fields or working with animals. As a result, stench is coming out of their bodies. When they come into the masjid, there's an unpleasant smell in the masjid. Rasulullah made it faraz on the ummah, that before you come for Jummah Salah, you must have a bath. You must have a bath, faraz bath and come into the masjid. 
Thereafter, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam made it sunnah that a person should bat on a Friday. And here too, any time from Thursday night till before Juma Salah, a person can bat. If he's going to work early in the morning and he can't bat just before the Juma, then before he goes to work, he can make ghusl with this niyat of making amal on the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allah ta'ala will reward me for this inshallah. So, and in this particular hadith, what is mentioned is ghasul barajim. It's being extra particular about the sweaty areas. Washing the sweaty areas, for example, the areas under the armpits, around the private areas, beneath the knees, behind the neck, etc. The sweaty areas, a person is particular about washing those areas. Yeah, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa saying, take a bath, yes, but be particular about these areas that when you're having a bath, wash these areas thoroughly and properly, so that there's no smell, no stench that is coming out of the, the body of a Muslim, especially we are... In a masjid, we are reading namaz, we are all coming together. A person is clean and he comes. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves this cleanliness. In the hadith, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, That the taharat, it is half of iman. Our iman and half of it is taharat and cleanliness. All this what we are learning is all part of our iman and it's half of the iman of a person. So that's the ninth thing that is mentioned in this hadith, ghaslul barajim. And the last thing, the last sunnah which is mentioned in this hadith, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam explains is, Intiqasul ma, where a person makes what we know in our language as istinja. Istinja, the person goes to the toilet and he washes himself with water. A person washes himself with water in the toilet. Now, this one incident that is mentioned in the Quran Karim, where Allah wa ta'ala speaks, La masjidun usisa ala taqwa. We are sitting in Masjid al Taqwa, and Allah Ta'ala is speaking about the first masjid that was built on the foundations of Taqwa. It was built on the foundations of Taqwa, and this was Masjid Al-Quba. Masjid Al-Quba on the outskirts of Medina Munawwara, every person who went to Medina Sharif must have visited Masjid Al-Quba. And when Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was in Quba, Allah Ta'ala revealed to him some ayat. And in this ayat, it was written that, فِيهِ رِجَالٌ يُحِبُّونَ أَيَّتَ Yeah, in Quba, there are people who love taharat and cleanliness. وَاللَّهُ يُحِبُّ الْمُطَّهِرِينَ And Allah loves those who are clean. So Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa was amazed with this verse and he asked the people of Quba, MashaAllah, there's something that you people are doing which has earned you all the love of Allah. There's something that you all are doing that has earned you all the love of Allah and what is this action of yours? So they said, Ya Rasulullah, there's only one thing extra that we know we are doing is that when we go to the toilet and we make istinja, then we make a double fold istinja. We, we cleanse ourselves with clods of earth and we cleanse ourselves with water. So Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa heard this, his Mubarak face brightened up and he said, yes, this is the action which has earned you all the pleasure of Allah, that you all are washing with water and you all are cleaning with clods of earth. Keep up with this practice because this practice has earned you all the pleasure and the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now we also in this day and age, we can also make amal on this. Perhaps maybe we can't use clods of earth, but we can make a double fold istinja in this aspect that a person when he goes to the toilet, he cleanses himself with toilet paper and with water. With toilet paper and with water, hence he's making sure that he's, he, he's completely parked and completely pure and clean. And this is something that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves. Sometimes a person is feeling that he went to the toilet, he made istinja, but he's not feeling 100% clean. He came out of the toilet. After a minute or two, go back in the toilet and make a second istinja with this niyat of earning the love of Allah. With this niyat of earning the love of Allah Ta'ala that I'm making this and I'm be keeping myself park and I'm keeping myself pure. Students, students and children who are attending public schools should be very particular about this point. That if there 
is no water in the public toilets, if there is no water in the school toilets, then we must carry a bottle with us and make sure we're making our istinja. And there's nothing for us to be afraid of or to feel ashamed of that in front of the kuffar I'm walking inside with my bottle to go and wash myself. Hazrat Salman Farsi radiallahu ta'ala anhu was a very great sahabi of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He once mentioned and he said there was one Jew who came to ask him, Oh, your, your Rasul, he teaches you all everything, even how to go to toilet. Even how, mockingly, mocking, in a mocking way, he's asking, Oh, so your Nabi even teaches you all how to go to toilet. So I said, Salman, he says, I, I never get like apologetic or say, you know, you know I, he says, yes, by Ajal, yes, my Nabi taught me everything. He even taught me how I must sit, how I mustn't sit, where I must face, where I mustn't face. My face mustn't face, a Qibla, my back mustn't, all that he taught me. So Rasulullah's teachings are beautiful, fantastic for every one of us, for us to be proud of. And we make amal on it and inshallah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will reward us for this. So this is the 10 sunnats that Rasulullah has mentioned, which was the sunnats of all Anbiya from Hazrat Adam salam, right until Nabi Kareem sallallahu Allah tabarak wa ta'ala give us tawfiq to make amal wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillah Allahu akbar Allahu akbar Allahu akbar Allahu akbar Ashahadu anna inaha inna Allah Ashahadu anna inaha inna Allah Ashahadu anna Muhammad Rasulullah Ashahadu anna Muhammad Rasulullah Hayana sanan Hayana sanan Hayana al-fanan Hayana al-fanan Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, La ilaha illallah. Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, Al-Qa'il, Kuntum khayra ummatin ukhrijat linnas, ta'muruna bil-ma'rufi wa tanhawna alil-munkari wa tu'minuna billah. Fanahmaduhu hamdan kathiran kullama yahmaduhu al-hamidun, wa nashkuruhu shukran jamilan kullama yashkuruhu al-shakirun. أما بعد فيا أيها الناس أوصيكم ونفسي بتقوى الله فقد فاز المتقون والله سبحانه وتعالى يقول بقوله يهتدي المهتدون قل هذه سبيلي أدعو إلى الله على بصيرة أنا ومن اتبعني وسبحان الله وما أنا من المشركين وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم لغدوة في سبيل الله وروحة خير من الدنيا وما فيها وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم مغبرت قدم عبد في سبيل الله فتمسه النار وقال عليه الصلاة والسلام لعلي بن أبي طالب رضي الله تعالى عنه فوالله لأن يهدي الله بك رجلا واحدا خير لك من حمر النعم وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم من عاد مريضا أو زار أخا له في الله ناداه مناد بأن طبت وطاب ممشاك وتبوأت من الجنة منزلا أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم وقال تبارك وتعالى وإذا قرئ القرآن فاستمعوا له وانصتوا لعلكم ترحمون بارك الله لنا ولكم في القرآن العظيم ونفعنا وإياكم بما فيه من الآيات وذكر الحكيم أقول قول هذا واستغفر الله لي ولكم ولسائر المسلمين فاستغفروه إنه هو الغفور الرحيم الحمد لله الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلله فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له 
ونشهد أن سيدنا وحبيبنا وشفيعنا وسندنا ومولانا محمدا عبده ورسوله أرسله بالحق بشيرا ونذيرا بين يدي الساعة من يطع الله ورسوله فقد رشد ومن يعص الله ورسوله فإنه لا يضر إلا نفسه ولا يضر الله شيئا أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على سيدنا ومولانا محمد عبدك ورسولك وصل على المؤمنين والمؤمنات والمسلمين والمسلمات وبارك على سيدنا ومولانا محمد وأزواجه وذريته قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أرحم أمتي بأمتي أبو بكر رضي الله تعالى عنه وأشدهم في أمر الله عمر رضي الله تعالى عنه وأصدقهم حياء عثمان رضي الله تعالى عنه وقضاهم عليه رضي الله تعالى عنه وفاطمة سيدة نساء أهل الجنة رضي الله تعالى عنها والحسن والحسين سيدا شباب أهل الجنة رضي الله تعالى عنهما وحمزة أسد الله وأسد رسوله رضي الله تعالى عنه اللهم اغفر للعباس وولده مغفرة ظاهرة وباطنة لا تغادر ذنبا رضوان الله تعالى عليهما وعن كل الصحابة أجمعين الله الله في أصحاب لا تتخذوهم غرضا من بعدي فمن أحبهم فبحبي أحبهم ومن أبغضهم فببغضي أبغضهم وخير أمتي قرني ثم الذين يلونهم ثم الذين يلونهم ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا عذاب النار عباد الله رحمكم الله إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغض يعيذكم لعلكم تذكرون وقال تعالى فاذكروني أذكركم واشكروا لي ولا تكفرون الله أكبر الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين إهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين سبح اسم ربك الأعلى الذي خلق فسوى والذي قدر فهدى والذي أخرج المرعى فجعله غثاء أحوى سنقرئك فلا تنسى إلا ما شاء الله إنه يعلم الجهر وما يخفى ونيسرك لليسرى فذكر إن فعت الذكرى سيذكر من يخشى ويتجنبها الأشقى الذي يصلى النار الكبرى 
ثم لا يموت فيها ولا يحيا قد أفلح من تزكى وذكر اسم ربه فصلى بل تؤثرون الحياة الدنيا والآخرة خير وأبقى إن هذا لفي الصحف الأولى صحف إبراهيم وموسى الله أكبر سمع الله لمن حمده الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين هل أتاك حديث الغاشية وجوه يومئذ خاشعة عاملة ناصبة تصلى نارا حامية تسقى من عين آنية ليس لهم طعام إلا من ضريع لا يسمن ولا يغني من جوع وجوه يومئذ ناعمة لسعيها راضية في جنة عالية لا تسمع فيها لاغية فيها عين جارية فيها سرر مرفوعة وأكواب موضوعة ونمارق مصفوفة وزرابي مبثوثة أفلا ينظرون إلى الإبل كيف خلقت وإلى السماء كيف رفعت وإلى الجبال كيف نصبت وإلى الأرض كيف سطحت فذكر إنما أنت مذكر لست عليهم بمسيطر إلا من تولى وكفر فيعذبه الله العذاب الأكبر إن إلينا إيابهم ثم إن علينا حسابهم الله أكبر سمع الله لمن حمده الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر السلام عليكم ورحمة الله السلام عليكم ورحمة الله اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم أنت السلام ومنك السلام تبارك يا ذا الجلال والإكرام اللهم إنا على ذكرك وشكرك وحسن عبادتك رب اغفر ورحم أنت خير الراحمين ربنا تقبل منا إنك أنت السميع العليم وتب علينا إنك أنت التواب الرحيم صلى الله تعالى على خير خلقي سيدنا ومولانا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين برحمتك 